Coming up next on WealthWorks Radio, what is all this hubbub about the debt ceiling? That and much more coming right up on WealthWorks Radio. And now, WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Everybody, this is WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and Eric Carney is here. Eric is with, uh, well, Eric is a fiduciary. You'll find him uh, as president of Retirement Wealth, LLC. So much more than that, though. Um, uh, you've been helping folks for a long time, independent fiduciary. You've got a, a, a fiduciary firm. I mean, you've kind of got it all going on there, Eric. It's been a busy year. I mean, we do have a lot going on. I mean, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's just a uh, rollover from last year. I mean, we it's just... Um, different year different problems i mean but it's it's just interesting i mean from year to year we really have had some pretty serious issues haven't we we really have and you bring up something and you know you said at the beginning we're talking about the debt ceiling and quite honestly i think that there's so much talk about this debt ceiling what is it and and can you give it to us in just layman's terms and why we should be concerned yeah so the you know everybody's concerned about the debt ceiling and it's like why do we have a debt limit and 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 basically it goes way back when to when the US constitution it gives power to borrow money to congress um which in turns gives permission to the executive branch to borrow money from other countries typically um in certain circumstances throughout the country's history i mean this has been going on um for, for, for a very long time, and it really began to fund all these foreign wars. Um, and so what happens is, is that we have debt limits or debt ceilings. And so, you know, it was kind of like, okay, here's your ceiling, you can't go past that. And now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, we've raised the debt ceiling, Steve, over 102 times. Um, and out of the past 23 years, the debt ceiling has been raised over 20 times. So almost every year. Yeah, I was going to say that's that the numbers there don't uh, don't add up. Holy cow! That's right. That's right. And so that's where people, you know, it, it, it's when they raise the debt ceiling a little, a little bit, it's not such a big deal. But you know, the the whole reason why is that when you take a look at. Um, the debt limits, you go back to the Great Depression. This is really when we, we very first started coming up with this. And um, but then ever since then, you know, the, the, the debt has increased, I mean, in, in quite a bit. And so uh, remember that Congress has to approve the debt limit. That's really what what's happening. And so what they're wondering about is with this last one right now, our debt ceiling is about thirty one point three trillion dollars. Um, and so we surpassed that in January. So now what they're saying is, is that we cannot pre- or we need to prevent a default um, because actually we've never defaulted. Technically, we have. So people say we've never defaulted. Actually, in 1979, by accident, we actually did default one time. Really? What happened? Uh, it was just an accident that had happened. There was money that was mismanaged or misplaced in, in another um, account that was supposed to go towards the payment, and it was missed. So, so what? Did the, you're, yeah. you're saying the government couldn't figure out where the money went? Pretty much. <laughs> yep, yep. So technically, we have defaulted. And, and again, you can look that up. It was in 1979. But other than that, we, we've, we've never no, right. defaulted. Okay. And, and quite frankly, I mean, if we're going to be the world's superpower, we also have to be the world's super economic power. But the scary thing about that is, is that, you know, we're not going to default. They're going to figure out something. They have to because everyone, first of all, wants to get reelected. They don't really care about the American people. They care about getting reelected. And then that's just the sad part about this. True. But, you know, the 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 interesting thing is, is that is how this is really changing the world. And, and really what we're not doing is, is we're not paying attention to how the country is run as a business. And, you know, when you take a look at a business and that business keeps taking on more and more and more debt, and it's really afraid if it can really pay back its debts, you have to really take a look and say, is this really a healthy business? And that's kind of what I've been saying about the United States for a very long time. How is this possibly getting so out of control? And, you know, I pulled up this chart and this chart is just really crazy to me because when you take a look at the debt in the 1990s, the debt was under $5 trillion. I mean, think about the 90s. I mean, we still think about songs from the 90s. Yes, exactly. And it was under $5 trillion. And then all of a sudden you're getting up to about 2000 and now you're you're exceeding that $5 trillion. 
And so now all of a sudden you get up to about 2010 and you're at $10 trillion. And then all of a sudden in 2015, you go from $10 trillion and you're probably up to about 18 trillion. And the issue is, is that in 2020, which you know wasn't that long ago, but we had two major events. First of all, we had COVID. So that was a, a huge um, time where we really had to you know, pay out a lot to keep the economy going. And all of a sudden the um, uh, debt went up to 25 trillion. And then ever since then, it's just been uh, a runaway train. And, you know, now it's at $31 trillion. But, I mean, it costs us $550 billion, you know, just to maintain that debt. And so the, the debt is just getting out of hand. And what everybody's talking about is, well, raise the debt ceiling. And now they're thinking about coming up with a trillion-dollar coin, you know, all these ridiculous things. How about we stop the spending? And... um well, isn't that what, I mean, that's what we have to face as, as Americans and, and getting ready for retirement. We have to, you know, rein in our spending. Exactly right. And it's really no different than this. But, you know, and, and I, again, um, not to get political, but you kind of have to get political. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the crisis at the border is really something. And, you know, it's interesting because we take a look at other countries and we say and we, th we look at them who lock down our borders. And, you know, when we go home at night, and we're getting ready for bed. One of the things that we do is we check all the doors and windows and we make sure that they're locked, right? Right. We, we don't want things coming in that don't belong. And so it really shouldn't be any different. And the border crisis is really a problem because that is going to, that does not help us. And the one thing that I want to talk about today is, you know, Finland is actually a very interesting example. They had the youngest prime minister for the longest time. Um, you've probably heard about her, right? Yes. She was the one that was like caught out partying and everything. Of course. Yes, I remember the story. I mean, hey, you know what? She's a young girl. She's going to go out and party with her friends. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but the, the bottom line is, is that she was kind of a left winger and that's fine. But you know what? What had happened was, is she's like, oh, come on into our country. This is great. You know, we're, 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 we're open borders. We're, we're excited about this and everything. The fact of the matter is, is that when all of a sudden it became in vogue to go in and raid another country, hmm, like Russia going into Ukraine, where do you think all those Ukrainians went? Aha. They fled into Finland. And so when you take a look at it today, um, I, I was just reading this article the other day about this, and now all of a sudden there's 5 million Ukrainians who have left. 1.6 million went to Poland. 1.1 million went to Germany. Half a million went to Chechia, Chechnya, um, and then there are now as many Ukrainian citizens as Estonian citizens in Finland. Before the Russia invasion, about 7,000 Ukrainians lived there. Now there's over 45,000 refugees. Oh, my gosh. Well, what's that doing to their economy? Well, it's, it's not helping them. You know, and, and it's interesting because then when she came up for election, she was booted out of there. They closed up their borders. Um, and then also they're joining NATO. And so what's interesting is, is that when things are hunky-dory, it's like, oh, open borders. We don't need you, NATO. Everything is good. Now all of a sudden they're freaking out because they kind of kept their borders open and now they're in trouble and now they're doing something about it. What frustrates me and a lot of American people right now is why can't we just agree to lock the borders down? I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why it's so difficult to say, look, you're welcome in this country the right way, but not the wrong way. And the problem is, is that that is going to make our debt go up even more because these people come into the country and we give, we give, we give. We're giving enough. You know, when it when it says, you know, what are what are other countries doing for Ukraine? The number one country who's given them the most money is us. It's hmm. us by far. You know, we may not we not be we may not be taking in as many Ukrainians as other countries, but we're by far giving them the most money. And I'm not even talking ammunition, um, military supplies, or anything else like that. It's just pure cash, right? <laughs> You're just talking, yeah, exactly. It's just you know, and, and so like I said, when you when you take a look at the debt ceiling, you you really have to say, okay, where's all this debt coming from, and how can we really stop this? Because literally in financial planning, when you take a look at somebody's situation, you're doing financial triage and you're saying, look, where where are you bleeding out here? 
What is the biggest problem? How can we stop this? And that's what we're trying to do is create a solution. But the United States government right now is not doing that. And all they're going to do is raise the debt ceiling again. The spending will continue. And it's like it's just putting a Band-Aid on a huge problem all over again. And this is what people are getting frustrated about. And, you know, the thing is, is that I, I do believe one of the best things about our country is the democracy. You know, you have the left side, you've got the right side, and, you know, there's that balance of power. But I just feel like lately the balance of power isn't there. And like I said, there's just there's so much turmoil in, inside right now, and it, it's not good for the American people. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, I think gridlock is good because yeah. they're forced to negotiate. They're exactly. forced yeah. to talk to each other. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, that, that that's kind of the nice thing about it, right? I mean, and it slows the whole process down yes. a little bit, right? Yes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, we can get through this. But the debt ceiling, this debt ceiling is just, it's troubling because, like I said, when you take a look at the chart and you really see where over time, I mean, I mean, it, especially since 2010, you can really see where the, the pretty much our debt has doubled. So, I mean, we're, we're going into, you know, uh, I mean, we're 2023. So 13 years, that debt has absolutely more than doubled, which is just insane to me. Because, I mean, if that's the way it is now, what's it going to be like in 2040? And so, like I said, it's just it's it's not getting to a point where it's sustainable. And that's the scary part. Sure. Wow. Again, fascinating conversation, Erica. I appreciate the insight. Let's uh, we, we do need to take a quick break, though. So let's let's do that. Come on back and we'll kick it up a notch. Sounds good. Hey, everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. We've had such a good time doing this show over the past four or five years, and it's just been a great run for us. And we appreciate everything that we hear back from you guys. If you're out there, you feel like you're out there in a financial no man's land, you want a second opinion, you're looking for a financial planning process, give us a call today. We're going to put you through that entire process. Let's give you a second look of eyes at that portfolio, take a good look at it and give you a strong second opinion. Give us a call today. 800-779-1942. That's the number, folks. 800-779-1942. Great opportunity to get a comprehensive financial review. Get that financial roadmap put together once and for all. Don't waste another moment. Make that call today. 800-779-1942. That's 800-779-1942. We are going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. We've got a whole lot more to talk about here on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Coming up next on WealthWorks Radio, Financial Literacy Month has come and gone. We missed it, but coming up, I'm going to take the hot seat for a pop quiz and see what I've learned. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric, of course, independent fiduciary uh, president of Retirement Wealth. Uh, you can find the website, ericcarneyadvisor.com. Check that out. And uh, also, hey, we haven't talked about your TV show in a while, Eric. Uh, how's that going? Uh, busy. I mean, we're actually uh, shooting some new shows, um, updating the show. Pretty excited about that. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's gotten cool because like, I'm getting very comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been years now, but, um, I'm really getting comfortable with it. And it's really interesting because people really have been watching the show and they're getting a lot out of it. So, you know, it really is something when people get something out of it and then we're going to start teaching the classes again, too. We just, uh, we've been rewriting the book and, um, hats off to my graphic designer, Stephanie, because, um, I'm kind of a psycho to do that kind of stuff with because I just want it to look a certain way and she's really good about working with me. So um, I, I wanted it to be very um, informative, educational, but also fun um, because like I said, I mean, you know, financial planning is not the most exciting subject, but we want it to be fun for our clients and we want them to have a, a good time. And um, I think we've accomplished that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, folks, again, if you want to get a head start, it's 800-779-1942. All right, we're going to get into this game show here, and we're doing it in the in the you know in the uh, genre of family feuds, except we're calling it financial family feud. What do you think? <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> All right, it. so it's the same kind of rules as uh, they have on TV. Uh, if you get it right, you're going to hear that. Uh, or wrong, if you're going to hear that. And if you get it right, there you go. Ooh. 
man. All right, let's jump in. Uh, we're, we're basing this on the 2023 EBRI, the Employee Benefit Research Institute Retirement Confidence Survey. That actually is the oldest such survey out there. Did you know ah, that? I did not know that. Uh, yeah, been no. around since, uh, I believe, the 80s at some point. Anyway. Probably that- get a, like a... That, right. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So what we've done is we've, we've pulled out some certain categories. Uh, for example, here's this first one. Uh, 1,011 working American adults were surveyed about retirement. Uh, the top three answers are here. Of those surveyed, what are the top concerns among those worried about their financial future? What do you think? It's got to be just like when I went to the amusement park when I was 10 years old. Do I have enough money? <laughs> yep. That's right. I mean, got to be that one. I mean, that that one, you know, the first thing is, is, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm worried. Do I have enough money? Right. You know, and so, yeah, that one's always pretty much the biggest thing. Well, it is. And, and it's interesting because we look at the numbers here. So not having enough money. Yes, that was number one. Uh, keeping up with the cost of living. Obviously, that's a new that that's a big one. Fifty six percent. And then managing debt at forty five percent. So, I mean, three big concerns. And I think we all, you know, certainly are aware of that. Yeah, I would say that those are the top three. The one that always creeps into is actually healthcare and long-term care. Oh, sure. Um, that's always and and getting to be a bigger one just because the inflation on that is just through the roof. So that's actually a pretty big one too. Um, <laughs> you want to hear a new one that's up and coming, Steve? Yeah, love to. Very interesting with the sign of the times. I want to make sure that my kids will be able to afford a house. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are we, what are they doing? Well, it's just, you know, maybe putting more money aside, maybe instead of giving them money when they pass away as an inheritance, they want to see them enjoy it a little bit more. Now uh, they want to help out with either a down payment or they want to help them with some mortgage payments, whatever it may be. But mm-hmm. the cost of living and the cost of home ownership has gone through the roof. And so, you know, I mean, it's really funny. I was driving through Florida the other day and it said this new home development. And you could tell it was like a super old billboard. And it says starting in the low twos. (laughs) Really? Where can I live in a brand new place in the low twos? Yeah, I don't think anywhere. Maybe low two millions. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, low two hundreds. And I was like, wow. Like, you know, I mean, you know, so that's just the thing. It's just, it's become absolutely unaffordable for a lot of people. And like I said, the American dream is, is getting harder and harder to, to latch onto. So we see a lot of clients that are trying to do that for their children. And um, it's just, again, it's interesting to see the dynamics change as well. Sure. All right. Let's get back into the quiz here. I, yeah. I just sort of veered away there, but all right, here we go. Eight we of, don't do that, Steve. No, 587 folks were surveyed for this question. And uh, the question is similar to the other one um and uh, so what were their top concerns um about their confidence their in other words the the confidence level of their retirement so what do you think uh, we have there um i think when it comes to you know their confidence i think a lot of people are kind of concerned about inflation right now sure well i think yeah that's that's part of it certainly and and um but uh i'll give you this there's a half right. <laughs> half right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take but, half right. But that's number two on the list. But it's, it's interesting, Eric, to to say that, uh, yes, that is a concern, and, and that has not been a concern. And uh, little, no savings or unprepared or can't afford to retire. That that came up at 40%. Ah, okay. So it gets that, back that to the number same one? thing. Yeah, number one, 40%. Gotcha. Inflation, okay. 29%. Um, mm. And then uh, recession, uh, government volu- government volatility, 12% uh, unemployment and fixed uh, or no budget, uh, 9 and 8% respectively. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that ma- that makes sense. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, and it, it is kind of funny. It's been a culmination of interesting things that have been happening. And absolutely, you do see um, a lot of these issues rolling into retirement because, I mean, it has become a big issue. I mean, inflation, the cost of living, you know, after the last hurricane that we've had, and, and and again, we are almost upon hurricane season all over again, you know, people are getting hit with very high HOA fees um, that have never been hit before. Um, maybe even an assessment. Uh, sadly enough, I heard on Sanibel Island that investors are coming in because a lot of people are not able to afford to be able to rebuild out there. 
And so the dynamics are changing. You know, a lot of people aren't able to live where they used to be able to live. And so, again, um, a lot of these concerns are because of the cost of, of building material, inflation, and so forth. And uh, so I, I can definitely see where a lot of these are absolute issues. So, Eric, are you seeing, you know, in your client base and and are you seeing similar issues? Are you seeing, like you said, the one thing I find interesting is that uh, that parents now are trying to make sure that their kids can buy a house. I, mm-hmm. I, again, there was a time when that that never happened, right? Right. And it's, it's, you know, now the child is not living with the parents, but the you know, the parents want to make sure that the child's able to live on their own. And, you know, I, I still think that there is kind of a status there, you know, like you want to be a homeowner. Um, and rightly so, because quite honestly, um, rents are just as much, I mean, they're just as high as, you know, a mortgage. It's, it's really getting over that hump of that down payment, I think is probably the biggest hurdle for a lot of people because, I mean, a lot of people are already paying $2,300 or $2,500 a month for rent, if not a lot more. Um, and, you know, where you can get the same thing with a mortgage, even with interest rates. I mean, I think interest rates right now we're at like six, six and a quarter. Sure. So, um, and then there's funky things you can do too. You can get a seven year arm and, and so forth. But uh, the bottom line is, is that um, it, it's, it's, really what you're trying to accomplish and put that in the financial plan and and see if it works out. And, you know, there are a lot of people that want to make sure that their kids are taken care of. But the other thing is we have to realize that we're not sacrificing our own retirement first. Right. Well, and that's, that's a key uh, to to remember. So let's see, we've got some other concerns that people have, and uh, this is a, this is a bunch of them. um, And I'm just going to, we're talking about uh, they're not confident about their ability to live comfortably. And what do you suppose that their big concern Concern there is, I mean, obviously money, but what kind? What? Where does it come from? Um, I would say on that one, probably one of their top concerns is always going to be like Social Security, like that's their bottom income level. Whoa! Yep, number one. <laughs> oh yeah, and that makes sense because I mean, you know, people have been saving for so long, and uh, so that that's where we really want to know. Interestingly enough, just last week, um, we actually logged into my social security, and uh, it, it was really interesting actually to see how much money I did not make in this business the first twelve years. <laughs> and so yeah, it's it was I was like, oh my god, how did I even get by in this business the first twelve years? And you know, it, it, it's funny, too, because a lot of people say, oh, Eric, I want to do what you do. Yeah, probably because, you know, you've seen what I've done over the past five or six years. But, you know, the first 12 years, you don't want to have anything to do with that. <laughs> no. But, um, but you know, it's interesting now because, like I said, I, I used to look at my Social Security. I'm like, how am I going to live on that? But now, you know, it's decent because I've been paying, you know, socking away a lot of money into it. But, you know, hopefully it, it is there. You know, um, I've, I've got, you know, at least another 10 years. But. Um, hopefully it is there, you know, because I mean, I mean, it is something that you do pay into, you want it to be there. And, uh, but a lot of people do have concerns with that because you see where, you know, the outflow compared to what's going into social security is much larger. So yeah, you, you're concerned about that. Before we run out of time, I got one more 2,537 working and retired Americans surveyed, uh, top five answers. Who do they trust most with their finances? Oh, I'm going to say their Uncle Bill. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know that. It's you. Yeah. There you go. It's all about you. Well, I mean, that makes sense. So why are you going to why are you going to rely on, you know, your second cousin's, you know, nephew? Or whatever? That's right. That's right. No. And what's interesting about that is, too, is that, you know, um, we do put our clients through a process. We always talk about that. And what people are seeing is, is that, you know, like I said, the markets are going to go up. The markets are going to go down. But a lot of our clients are logging in. They have access to their own personal financial plan 24-7. It lives online. It's updated on a regular basis. You have a certified financial planner that's writing that down who you can meet with on a regular basis. And what's happening is, is that you actually see where you stand, even with the market ebbing and flowing. So a lot of people like that because it also provides accountability to that client. Sure. Well, and again, on that note, we need to take a break. Eric, let's do that and uh, come on back and pick up our conversation. Hey, everybody out there, if you're looking for a second opinion, you want that second set of eyes on your portfolio, and you're you're really wondering if you need a strong second opinion about a financial plan, an income plan, maybe some tax planning, 
Give us a call today. Let's sit down with you. It's just a cup of coffee and going over your finances and seeing if we, if possibly we can put you in a better position. So give us a call today. We're going to do that free complimentary financial plan. It's valued at over $1,000. We're going to be giving it away complimentary, no obligation. Give us a call today. Make that call while you're thinking of it, folks. It's 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. It's a comprehensive financial review, and you walk out with a roadmap that'll help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. We are going to take a quick break. We're coming right back with more WealthWorks Radio and Eric Carney right after this. Coming up on WealthWorks Radio, if you are within five to 10 years of retirement, it's important to carefully review and adjust your financial plan to ensure a smooth transition into retirement. When we come back, we've got some advice and considerations for individuals in this stage of their retirement planning. Don't go anywhere. We're back on WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric Carney is here. Of course, Eric, president of Retirement Wealth. Uh, he is a, a fiduciary independent, all those things, and uh, built a great business with a great team behind you, Eric. I mean, that's uh, to me, that says a lot about you, just the kind of people that you've surrounded yourself with. Yeah, thank you, Steve. It's been a lot of work. I mean, you know, and we always laugh because, like I said, I mean, we, we all do work very well together. And uh, um, everyone's been we've been together for a very long time. So, you know, like I said, we want to create that atmosphere where it's welcoming for our clients. It's not, um, you know, a, a, just people coming and going at all different times. It's like we want there to be uh, sustainability for our crew as well to our clients. So it's it's been really a, a great work environment that we've created and, um, I'm very happy with you know everything that we've done. Absolutely, folks. If you want to call, give us a give us a call right now. It's eight hundred seven seven nine one nine four two. We'd love to be able to sit down with you and, and Eric and have that conversation. The uh, so we're talking about uh, you know you're sort of in that financial red zone. Uh, you know five to ten years before retirement. That really is key. And, and I'm going to lean more towards the ten years than the five. But I mean ten years before you retire, that's when you can really get serious about it, and that's when you can really help. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you know, we always say, oh, it's never too late to start planning for retirement. And I disagree with that. I mean, you know, when I take a look at that, I'm like, you know, you, you have two things when you have time and you have patience and you're sacrificing putting money away, you're good. You know, but all of a sudden when you get down to it and somebody comes in and they're kind of in a, a frantic state and they're just like, I need to retire, for, you know, plan for retirement, but I really have done nothing you know, and when are you going to retire in about five years? That's a difficult position to be in. I mean, they've done nothing, no kind of planning at all. And look, a lot of times things happen in life where we're not able to do that. And that's what I have to be understanding of, right? I mean, we have families. Um, some people get sick. Some people just have a string of bad luck, whatever it may be. The bottom line is, is that we have to take, you know, financial planning very seriously. So the sooner that you begin, the better off you are. Sure. And uh, as we look at some of these things that uh, that are concerning to folks and uh, what we need to look at as we get closer to retirement is, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to use the B word. We're going to talk about a budget. And I know you've got sort of a different scope on that. And I, and I like it. Yeah, we call it lifestyle expenses. And because, like I said, I mean, you cannot believe the the poor feedback that we get the negative feedback on a budget or it's like, Oh, I don't really want to fill out a budget. And down in Florida, you know, we have a, we have a pretty exciting lifestyle. I mean, there's beaches, golf, uh, boating. I mean, everything is outdoors. Pickleball has gotten to be huge and people want to be able to maintain that lifestyle. So we ask them, that's okay. What are your lifestyle expenses? And that's where we, we want to be realistic about that as well. Sure. And and again, that means, I mean, lifestyle expenses, that's anything from, you know, going on vacation to, uh, you know, buying groceries, right? I mean, that, yeah, that encompasses everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's your hug money, your your housing, utilities, gas, groceries, right? Those okay. are your basic bills. Sure. And then all of a sudden, on top of that, you have your your wants and your needs. So now all of a sudden, now that you have your needs covered, what are your wants? Well, I want to travel. I want to travel with my children, blah, blah, blah. So we're all putting that into the income plan and making sure that, you know, you're, you're covering all those all those areas. Sure. And um, we need to 
um, sort of optimize that that portfolio as well. And right now, I think with all that's been going on the last couple of years, if uh, if somebody has a portfolio that they haven't done much with in the last two or three years, it's time to take a look. I mean, time to take that deep dive. Yeah, and we're still seeing where people are still struggling from irrelevant portfolios from last year. There's Maybe there's a lot of interest rate exposure with all the bond funds. You cannot believe the bond funds that we still have coming in from people. And the problem is, is that bonds will eventually become relevant again. But it also means for probably the past two, three, maybe even four years, you have not had very good rates of return in those bond funds. And when if you ever go into something as simple as Yahoo Finance, type in the ticker symbol and take a look at your performance. I mean, it's, it's that easy to take a look at. And then when you take a look at what the S&P 500 did, and then you take a look at what inflation did, and you realize you're not in a good position. And the quandary for a lot of people right now is, well, geez, look at three-month treasuries. Well, then look at the stock market. The problem is, is that people want to jump into the treasuries and they get all excited about them. Now, I use those in our portfolios. Why wouldn't I? But the other thing is you can also possibly buy stocks at a very low price. And the problem is, is that in some of the biggest bear markets, some bull markets actually occur. And so what happens is, is that when you have an upswing um, past few weeks, there's been some great days on the market. So when you have an upswing in the market, but you're sitting in cash or you're sitting in a treasury bill and you miss that upswing, that's missed opportunity that you're never going to recapture mm -hmm. and you cannot continue to keep doing that. And so, you know, you take a look at Apple or NVIDIA or whatever, but you know, you see their, their massive growth since their lows. Um, and so what happens is, is that, you know, now people want to get in for fear of missing out. Well, now all of a sudden you're buying at the very top. That's probably not the best time to buy a stock like that. Right. But so th this is the quandary that a lot of people are in. What do I do? And so that this is where we sit down with the client. We're like, look, forget about the market. Forget about what's going on. What are your needs? Right. And what is your time frame? What is your risk tolerance? And these are all the things that we're really taking a look at where people are just trying to get through their portfolio day by day and week by week we really have to take a look at a longer period of time. Well, yeah, absolutely. 800-779-1942. That's the number you can call, folks. And so if you're turning 50 this year, um, don't be depressed. Be excited because you can save a whole lot more money uh, thanks to uh, thanks to the contribution limits on a, on a 401k or, or even an IRA. I mean, with a 401k, Eric, if you're over 50, your max contribution is $30,000. That's amazing. It is amazing. I mean, it, it's really, you know, it's changing everything. So this is what we're taking a look at and saying, look, you know, can you do this? And I actually had a friend of mine who, you know, we opened up a Roth IRA. We, we funded it. And then last year she didn't fund it. And I'm like, why didn't you fund that? She's like, well, the market wasn't great. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. But you're missing the point. You just missed out on an entire year of a full Roth contribution. You still could have put the money in and just left it in cash. But now all of a sudden you missed out on another year. Mm. And so what I did was I actually sat down and I said, look, this is if you contribute to a Roth for 20 years, take off one year, it changes substantially, take off another year and it changes substantially down. And she's like, I had no idea. She goes, I just thought it would be a good idea not to do it. She, it's not like she didn't have the money. But I said, you know, now you have one less year of tax deferred, tax free growth. And she's like, OK, now I get it. So the bottom line is that, again, people are worrying about the stock market. Don't worry about the stock market. Think about your personal plan. And so all these catch up contributions for a lot of people, we really do need to take advantage of those for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, something else we need to talk about and, and that I know you talk about, and that is health care, because that is an issue that as much as we don't want to think about it, it's going to be a reality. And the well, older we get, the sicker we get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that is true. And and what's happening right now is, is that, you know, people are trying to take out more income. Well, then it may affect their Medicare coverage. And they don't realize that. People want to do Roth conversions. Well, it may affect your Medicare. So again, there's a lot of things where people are like, you know, I don't want Medicare to cost me a lot. Well, then we have to really pay attention to certain things that we're doing. And so a lot of times people, you know, will make decisions without thinking about other, you know, um, for every action, there's a reaction. So we're not thinking about other consequences that we actually have. 
And this is what the financial plan actually helps you to do. And healthcare has gotten out of this world. We just met with our, one of our clients the other day from Punta Gorda, just had a second knee replacement. Um, one was significantly easier than the other one, but he's like, you know what? He goes, it's, it's not fun to do. He goes, but it's also not inexpensive. He's like, you know, thank God a lot of my insurance covered this, but then there's a lot of things that you want to do just to be as comfortable as possible. And you know, things like that are not covered. Um, and so, like you said, he's like, you know, I changed things around. I bought some things and you just, that's the whole thing. When we want to get, when we get sick, we want one thing and that's to get better, but we also want to be as comfortable as possible. And that does take money. Well, and it also takes strategy. And that's the other thing that we can talk about a little bit before we run out of time is, is tax strategies. And that's one of the things, again, that you and your group have really mastered. Yeah, I love tax planning. It really is like, I mean, right now I've been hyper-focused on my personal tax situation since I was 38 and now I'm getting back at it again. So the bottom line is, is that you really have to take your look at your tax situation in another 10, 15 and 20 years. And I'm not sure why, but there's a lot of advisors that fail to do that. And so when somebody comes in and I'm looking at their situation, I'm like, didn't somebody tell you 10 years ago that you're headed towards a huge tax situation? And they're like, no. And so now what's, what is getting to be pretty popular is not only de-risking a portfolio, but de-concentrating a portfolio. And that means that maybe in a non-IRA account, they have these huge positions that have pretty low cost basis, but they're afraid to sell any of it because now all of a sudden I'm going to pay a lot in capital gains. But the problem is, is that if you don't start at some point, those positions get to be so big and it does get to be a problem. So what we're doing right now, again, is going through some portfolios, de-risking the portfolio, deconcentrating them, and then coming up with tax planning uh, alternatives for them as well. All right. Well, again, the great stuff, Eric, as always. Let's, uh, let's take a break and come back. We've got another segment to do. Sounds good, Steve. Um, hey, everybody out there. Again, if you're out there listening, you've been listening to the show, you kind of like what you hear kind of resonates with you a little bit you're looking for a second opinion or you just want to get a second set of eyes on your portfolio give us a call today let's do a complimentary review of your financial plan your income plan your tax plan and even your portfolio we'll run all the reports for you we'll do a portfolio analysis a tax analysis maybe even a volatility analysis let's see where you're doing let's get you reacquainted with that portfolio and see if we can do a better job for you again it's all complimentary give us a call today 800-779-1942 is the call you need to make. Make that today. Eric is there for you, taking things that are complicated, making them very clear and easy to understand. 800-779-1942, comprehensive financial review, yes, and you get a roadmap that'll help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. A quick break. We're coming back. Segment four on WealthWorks Radio is next with Eric Carney. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, my favorite part, questions from you and answers from us. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. WealthWorks Radio is the program. Eric Carney is here. Joseph, uh, Joseph Lanza, who is normally with us, is uh, off away uh, doing other things, right? Yeah, he's actually up in New York City uh, taking care of a few things up there. All right. And uh, still working and uh, living the life as a New Yorker for a week. So is he uh, is he a Mets guy or a Yankees guy? He is Yankees. Yankees yes. guy. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. our, our, my Minnesota Twins beat the crap out of them last I, yeah, week. I, I, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we we will welcome him back next week, as, of course. And um, so, Eric, let's, uh, you know, let's jump into some of these questions. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Felix is up first. He's calling in from Marco. Uh, he says, I'm 64, getting ready to retire in one year. I owe approximately $165,000 on my house with no other debt. Now, I have close to $850,000, $850,000 in retirement savings, $2,200 a month from a pension, $2,300 a month in Social Security benefits, and $300 a month from my ex-wife's pension. Now, I also drive Uber for about $1,500 a month. Now, does it make sense to pay off my house at the time I retire? I mean, more than likely, no. Um, <laughs> okay. The reason I say that is because, I mean, everybody's so hyper-focused on paying off their house. But, 
you know, it, it's funny. Um, I took out a car loan four years ago and uh, I think I'm paying like 3% on it. Yeah. And, you know, now everybody's like, they're saying, oh, did you see how expensive it is to take? I'm like, I don't know, because I'm not paying. I'm not. I usually like overpay my mortgage or my uh, car payments, you know, just to get them over with. Yeah. But at 3%, why would I? So hopefully, you know, your home, you're paying like 2.8, 2.9 on that house. And, and plus the thing is, you've got, you're only 64 years old. People think, okay, this is, I'm, I'm turning 65. They get to this age and they think, okay, I'm done accumulating. Not really. I mean, you can still accumulate quite a bit until you're age 70. I mean, and that sometimes for a lot of people is really when your portfolio starts to take on a life of its own, if it's properly invested. So, you know, down the road, you can start to, to pay that down, but I wouldn't hyper-focus on paying that off. I would actually try to get your savings above you know, a million and get up to like 1.2, 1.3 million. And now all of a sudden you got a little bit of cushion in there because by the time we do the financial plan and you take a look at all the spending that you're doing and everything, you don't want to delete a future income producing asset. Um, and, and like I said, it's just, uh, you've got 850,000 in retirement savings, but don't forget, you're also going to pay taxes on that. So yes. to pay off that 165 grand, you're going to have to take out more money it just doesn't make sense more than likely. All right. Well, there you go, Felix. 800-779-1942. He does seem to be in pretty good shape, though, as far as heading into retirement, uh, ultimately, don't you think? Well, you know, Steve, it it seems that way, but you don't, You also don't know how much he spends. Well, that's true. You know, and, and when I and the, the one thing is, is that I take a look at a situation, and I'm like, okay, here's, well, here's what I don't see. Here's what I don't see. And so the thing is, is that, you know, it, I can't really give a Susie Orman, you know, three-minute answer because there really isn't a lot of information here. Um, people's spending habits, I, I, I've become, I've seen over the years, are just so all over the place. You know, somebody comes in and you, you're like, oh, you can't judge people. You think, oh, this, these people must spend 100 grand a year. And they're like, no, we spend 45 grand a year and that's it. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow. You know, and then you look at other people and you're like, ah, they probably don't spend that much. And they're like, yeah, we spend about 95 grand a year. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> so it's, you just, you just can't tell. So like I said, I mean, I mean, uh, right here, looks like he's in decent shape, you know, but you just don't know how they live either. Right. Okay. 800-779-1942. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, uh, let's see. George has a question. George says, I have a pension that kicks in at age 57. I'm 55 now. I also have a 457 deferred compensation plan I contribute to. My question is, would it be a good idea to contribute to a Roth IRA as well? Having tax-free money later on sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, like I said, I mean, the the um, anytime that you have a retirement plan that has that Roth IRA, definitely take a look at that and see how, you know, if you can take advantage of that. Because like I said, all that money that's tax-free is huge to you. It's just like my friend earlier, you know, not contributing to it, she missed out on a whole entire year. Sure. So now she understands the ramifications of missing that year. So like I said, anytime that you have accessibility to anything, especially if you're a high-earning earn, uh, high uh, income, what am I trying to say? If you're a high, high income, income earner, earner there correct, you go. <laughs> yes. So if you're one of those guys or ladies, um, you definitely want to look for that Roth option for sure. All right, uh, yeah, the Roth option, 800-779-1942. George, give us a call. Eleanor is in Englewood, and uh, she says, my husband and I bought a rental property in a resort area on a short sale back in 2008 for $200,000. It can sell now for $950,000. My nice. husband, yes, very nice. My husband is in his late 60s. He wants to retire. After following the show for some time now, I think we should sell it and invest the proceeds into an annuity so that we can use the in interest to help fund our retirement. Good idea or bad idea? Well, I mean, it, it depends, you yeah. know, um, it, it really depends on the you, first, we have to take a look at the income that you're deriving from the rental property. And what happens is a lot of times when someone sells a property, they want, they want to replace the phantom income with the same income that they were getting from the rental. So that's the very first thing that we take a look at. Um, the other thing that we have to do is take a look at, you know, what is the money used for? We ta also take a look at the cost of inflation. The problem is with a lot of annuities is that some of them do not have a cost of living adjustment in there. And so, you know, you guys are still, um, 
young, you're in your late 60s, but you're still young, you know, one of you could live another 30 years. So you don't want to get hell bent into an annuity that is going to have, you know, a, a certain set of income the rest of your life. You also may want to build different layers of income from different things to have a cost of living adjustment, um, something that's maybe paying a dividend, maybe something that has some growth, but then also something that has some guaranteed income in there. So don't get, um, I wouldn't get hell bent on just one product. You really have to take a look at your situation and remember that purpose determines placement for your investments. Well, and again, I mean, I mean, that's a heck of a sale. Are, is that couple going to have to worry about the capital gains? Is there any sort of tax ramifications in that? Yeah, that's a whole nother thing that we have to take a look at too, because obviously, you know, you're going to take a look at the money that you put into it. Um, you know, hopefully you did some, uh, uh, improvements on it. Um, and then, you know, those would be deducted from there as well. But yeah, there is going to be, you know, also some taxes on that for sure. All right. Uh, there you go, Eleanor, 800-779-1942. Uh, Josephine in Boca, Boca Grande uh, says, uh, I want to start taking my Social Security benefits at 63. It's estimated to be about 2300 bucks per month. Now, if I stop working next year at 60, but still take my benefits at 63, would I still receive that 2300 or would it be reduced? In other words, is Social Security contingent on you working up until the point you apply for benefits? Yeah, so it's it, this is kind of interesting because the rules are always changing. But basically, uh, the estimated benefit right now is 2300 per month. But if you stop working in the year 60, it really depends because if you end up making more um, after age 60, um, your benefit is actually going to increase. Mm -hmm. So, um, but like I said, I mean, it just depends. I mean, and then it will change on a month to month basis. So what you really want to do is go in six months prior to that and see where your number is and then go off of that. All right. 800-779-1942. That's the number, Josephine. And uh, let's sneak in one more here from Robert uh, in Bonita. Uh, Robert says, I inherited a small IRA when my mom died. Is there any way to avoid income taxes? I don't need the income at this time and can keep it in an IRA. So you inherited a small IRA. And so, I mean, to avoid income taxes, you may want to consider a Roth conversion for that. Um, and then, then that, you know, would make it a little bit more tax-free, but, um, as far as avoiding income taxes, not really. I mean, because you, you will be, you know, anytime you, that you make a withdrawal that is considered income, and then you're going to do the conversion. And so, um, but the best thing to do is make it a Roth IRA sooner rather than later, let it grow. And then at least that money is all tax free. Yeah. All right. Uh, 800-779-1942. I mean, again, those rules all changed, didn't they? I mean, uh, with the Secure Act and Secure Act 2.0, the, it, the, the it, it stretch really IRA, all of that's different now. It, it really did. I mean, because like I said, the stretch IRA is now over a period of 10 years. And so, you know, people are looking to do conversions earlier. And this is what we're trying to really educate people. But Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are just so overwhelmed by it that they're just, they're, all right, we'll definitely think about it. Problem is, is that when you want to do tax planning, it's something that you really shouldn't delay because then all of a sudden down the road, they're like, hey, 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 what was that thing that you talked about three years ago? <laughs> yes, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of too late for that. You yeah, know, and that was three years ago. Yeah, huh? It was three years ago. Yeah. Times are different. Products are different. So like I said, you can't exactly pull out the playbook for 2008 with what happened in 2020. It's, it's just completely different rules. So the same with tax planning. It's like, you know, you really had to kind of stay with what's going on and, and pay attention to that too. Well, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on. I mean, Eric, this has been a really fun show, covered a lot of ground. I, I loved the the insight into the debt ceiling. Folks, if you missed that, I would say just to go back and listen to the podcast. You can find the podcast on the website as well as, you know, um, iHeart or Apple, anywhere you get a podcast, you can find that. And I would encourage you to listen to that because it's pretty insightful, pretty good stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I said, it'll be uh it'll be an interesting next week or so. And uh, like I said, I mean, I I can see you know Americans are getting fed up with everything. They really are. I mean, it's just, and it's just one thing after another, you know, with this government. But like I said, um, hopefully things will smooth over for now. But like I said, it's. Unfortunately, I really think at this point, it's only putting a Band-Aid on a huge problem. All right. And uh, again, on that note, let's invite folks to call. Give them some, uh, give them some security when they come in. You're going to make them feel a little uh, warm and fuzzy and uh, take care of their retirement. 
Absolutely, Steve. Hey, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Again, we really appreciate all the listeners. Um, if you're out there, you feel like you're out there in a financial no man's land, you're, you're not really happy where you are, but you're just not unhappy to do anything about it. Here's something to do. Give us a call. Let's get that second opinion in place. We're going to do a full complimentary review on your portfolio, your income plan, your financial plan, maybe even your tax plan. We'll go through everything. We're going to run a report for you. The report is yours to keep. It's based on your exact portfolio. You're going to understand the strengths, the weaknesses, what asset allocation you have, what fees are you paying, how good are you doing against the indexes, how much risk, how much volatility. More than likely, you're going to know more about your portfolio than ever before. Again, it's fully complimentary if you've saved at least $500,000 for retirement. Give us a call today. We look forward to meeting you. 800-779-1942. That sounds like a great idea, folks. Take advantage of it. If you've never had a review done before, now is the time. Uh, no time like the present. 800-779-1942. It's a comprehensive financial review. Again, no cost, no obligation. Just make that call today, 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. Eric, as always, it's a pleasure to have these conversations. This is my favorite hour of the week. It goes by so quickly, and uh, we will welcome Joseph back next week. Absolutely. Hey, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Remember, you only retire once. Let's get it right the first time. Let's get those borders locked down. Have a great week and an even better retirement. Eric Carney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity products guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by RWA. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida, insurance license number P138852. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and make full disclosures of any conflict of interest, if any exists. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system. Designed by determining the amount of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate, WealthGuard is added to a client's account to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or assets will be traded or liquidated the same day due to time of day or market restrictions. 